Welcome to the Birthing Instincts Podcast. I'm Dr. Stuart Fishbein, community-based practicing obstetrician and longtime advocate for birth choices. And I'm Bliss Young, a licensed midwife. Join us in our conversational style podcast where we talk about everything birth. Sometimes we laugh, sometimes we cry, but we're happy that you're here. So here we go. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good middle of the night. Good afternoon to you, sir. It is good afternoon. It's Sunday afternoon, and we are recording a, an introduction for a special event. And I want people to understand what it's about. So why don't you tell people what you've got up your sleeve, even though you're sleeveless? <laughs> so I am so excited to announce the debut episode of the Bridge Midwives Project um, podcast, which is called At Her Feet. And Lindsay Milis and I are two of five of the co-founding members of this project, and we recorded this debut episode together to talk about our time together in Mexico and what this project is all about and what the future of this project looks like. And so I'm so excited to be able to share this with our fellow travelers. I hope you enjoy this episode, and I hope that as we continue to grow this project, that you will support it with your heart, your love, and your donations. So what you're doing really is you are going to be interviewing or just talking about some of the ancestral midwives who are going to be archiving their stories. What are you, what, what are you guys going we to We will be talking to midwives all over the world. The real main part of the project is to do documentary style modules where we film where they are and get to see their culture and their their colors and their foods and all of their traditions but there might be some midwives that don't want to um don't want to participate at that level because that will be weeks or months of time together so this is an opportunity to talk to those midwives that people um nominate to us in a way that is more accessible and a little bit easier for us to do. Um, so there'll be many different aspects to this project, but this is the very first one that we're launching and we are over the moon. This is my passion project. This is a nonprofit organization. This is has nothing to do with capitalism or anything like that. This has to do with something that is dear to my heart and soul to be able to help this information continue to live on and thank you for your support i'm i'm totally uh, into this you know i mean it's a sunday afternoon i should be watching football but i'm actually <laughs> geeking out on archiving midwifery history so yeah. This, yeah that just tells something a little bit about my weirdness <laughs> I, 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 no i think there's nothing more valuable than remembering history i think that right you now the famous saying those who you know don't remember history are doomed to repeat it i i sort of butchered that but but we, if we don't remember where we came from, um, then we're going to we're, we we can see where that's taken us. When we've given up on that history in the past, where the medical model has taken us, because we've forgotten um, the traditional midwifery and the traditional wisdom that went along with women taking care of women for for um, generations before us, since um, the beginning of time. It, well, beginning of time, we were primordial goo. So I don't, <laughs> we were but, still rubbing each other's backs and saying nice things. <laughs> yeah, little, little, little planaria rubbing each other's planarial feet or whatever. No, so this is great. Did, did you in, in the when the start with the recording with Lindsay? Did you introduce her, or do you want to just give a, a people a little reminder about who Lindsay is? 
No, the the podcast stands alone. But um, yeah, thank you so much. And uh, enjoy this episode and um, let us know what you think. Yeah, and then I'll be back at the regularly scheduled time next Wednesday. With Liz, (laughs) of course. We'll see you then. Okay, bye-bye. All right, my sister Bliss. Hello. It's so good to be on this weird space with you that's up in the sky, but still feeling so connected to you with our heart, with my heart and your heart. And it's just so nice to see your face. I know. Uh, had such a beautiful sacred experience, which we're going to share on this episode. And before we get into that, I always want to start um, how I feel is the most appropriate way for us to be reminded about how we used to all sit in circle together, regardless of who's listening, male, female, teenager, elder, um, we always sat in circle together and we always had this connection of being hand in hand with our sisters and aunties and grandmas. And um, I want to start with the single most important gift that we have in this life, which is our breath. So Collectively, I just want to take a deep breath with everybody that's tuning into this, either be it when it's released or in three years. Um, So let's go ahead and take a deep breath together. I'm going to close my eyes. I'm going to center within my soul. And I'm going to drink this breath into my body all the way down into my lungs. I'm just feeling the connection with you and everybody that's listening to this. And as I exhale, I'm just going to sink into my body even more, feeling my shoulders drop down. And I'm just going to reach down even more through my body, through the ground beneath me. And I'm just going to tie into all of the ancestors, their bones that lie beneath me in this ground. My ancestors, your ancestors. I'm going to pay homage honor to them and the lineage that have come before us. And just taking one more collective breath together. Thank you for the space bliss that we co-create together. Thank you for this shared breath. Yay, what a beautiful way to start. So I am welcoming you all to the very first episode of At Her Feet, which is the podcast that is associated with the Bridge Midwives Project, of which Lindsay and I are founding members with a handful of other amazing midwives who share our passion to bring traditional midwifery back into our education and our training and how we interact with our clients. So Lindsay and I are already doing that from from just from a soul level of what we were committed to um, and came together to be able to bring this to a broader audience. And um, the girls kind of... uh, what do you call it, Lindsay, um, proposed that I be someone who does a podcast because I already have a podcast. And what's really interesting is when I was sharing with um, Stu, who I do the Birthing Instincts podcast with as well, that I wanted to um, 
record this with just you and I and launch it through our audience, our followers. He was like, are you leaving me? (laughs) (laughs) And I said, no, of course not. But I do have this other thing that I'm really passionate about. And I think um, Lindsay and I are going to share today about some time that we spent together at her magical retreat, The Remembering, in Sayulita, Mexico, um, just a few weeks ago um, in August. And I intentionally went to this retreat, not only, obviously, to just feed my soul and be in this beautiful environment, but really intentionally spending some quality time with Lindsay because we're both so busy in our practices in both in California, not that far apart, but it's really hard as you guys know to get off call. And um, we both really enjoy being in the flow. And that's how we make our decisions in life. And um, at the end of the retreat, Lindsay said, hey, why don't we talk about, you know, our experience? And and I got really excited to be able to have this be our very first episode. So thank you for starting goosebumps. I mean, what a freaking amazing way to start this and lead it as a crusade almost. I mean, I know that it's me and one of yours biggest passion is there's an extinction, if you will, of this wisdom that is just leaving so quickly on this planet because we've dipped so much into the other side of things, trying to fit in in the Western world. But there's so much of this other wisdom on the this, you know, traditional spiritual, call it whatever you will, midwifery side. And we haven't had the opportunity to bridge these together and marry them together. And so, um, you know, the retreat just brought in so much amazing flow energy that we were in of just being in the space of co-creation and where we are really able to step into crusading this forward for all of the upcoming families and mothers and midwives and, you know, whoever it is that needs this information. Like this is, this is us bliss. This is us. We get a forge forward together hand in hand. And there's so many other amazing founding members with bridge midwife, but I love that this is the first podcast of at her feet. Me too. And I, you know, we hadn't used that word crusade before, but I like it. It's got to feel like that's what it is now. (laughs) I have, I have to sit inside of that and, Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, in belt and like embody that, but crusade is, it does sound very enticing for sure. So we're gonna, we're gonna talk a little bit about, um, the history and what we mean about traditional midwifery and things like that. And, in a little bit, but I thought it would be really great if you want to just um, start with your vision for this um, retreat and your experience and kind of how that was. I know how it was as a participant, but as someone who was really, you know, leading and holding that space, um, why don't you share with us about that? Yeah, I would love to. So um, a big passion of mine is travel, and I know that's a big passion of yours. Mm-hmm. And- I have always wanted to create a sacred vessel for women to come together in spaces that were completely disconnected from the outside world. So far enough away that if a husband calls and says, you know, one of the kids is throwing up, they can't run home and help out. Yeah. 
close enough with technology that they're still available by phone. And I found that um, by creating this space, which just happened to be in Sayulita, Mexico, I'm so grateful that we were able to stay in the space that we stayed on. It was this beautiful, it started as a boutique hotel and it um, overlooked the ocean, but on the backside of it, there was this stunning rainforest jungle and um, there was platforms all around the property that we could either be completely immersed in the jungle setting or we could be in an infinity pool overlooking the ocean. And um, we all came together, all different backgrounds. We The furthest someone flew was from Australia. Mm -hmm. And, and um, we, we all made our way to the space of coming together. Um, some of us knew each other. Some of us didn't know each other at all. And we dropped in very quickly into a very vulnerable space of healing, of remembering, of storytelling, of sitting in a circle with our sisters, which is something that we've done throughout all of time. And that was really my vision. And I'm a flow person, but I'm also a plan person. So for mm -hmm. the last six months, I dedicated every moment I had outside of being at a birth or momming to creating content that I wanted to share with these women that had signed up for this retreat. And so, you know, planner Lindsay like gets back from the printer and I'm going through this hundred page retreat booklet and thinking how we're going to incorporate all this information in. And then flow Lindsay gets there and goes, okay, well, we're going to get through maybe one third of this material, <laughs> but we're going to be experiential in it. And that was the mm -hmm. most important, beautiful piece of that retreat. And so um, as people float in, everybody kind of arrived at different times. Bliss and I arrived a day early with a couple other wonderful women. Uh, we had Tara from Christian Hypnobirthing that arrived with us early. And um, we made our way into town that night. And um, I, I, it was kind of fun with like, it, I called it speed dating. Like, you know, by the end of the night, there was all these wild women that were naked in the pool. over <laughs> and, and it was, it just felt so normal and natural. Like there was nothing that was weird or anything we just all jumped in and it, it was just this amazing experience with lightning over the ocean and um during this time was the hurricane hillary that was, <laughs> that was forming out in the pacific ocean which was like literally forming right exactly where we were and so we had everybody texting us and checking in and making sure we were fine and we're like we are swimming in the rain under the <laughs> So, so as everybody arrived, we, um, we just opened up this, this vessel and, um, we had, um, three full days together. If, if you know, if you want to count half days, we had four days together and, um, we dove into what I call the herstory, uh, not the history, the herstory of women's healthcare, of midwifery, of, um, traditional gatherings. So I think what I want you to do is, um, the first big deep breath we kind of all took together was in the ice bath. And so I would love to hear your perception of that because you were the person that was the last one that wanted to go in. <laughs> and I feel like it was just such an incredible experience for every single person that was involved. And so that's something that I want to hear what you thought about that. Well, you know, what's interesting is um, those of you who follow um, – who, who are 
followers of the other podcast, um, many of you know that I lost my daughter um, in 2019, which is a very important part of my fabric now. And I don't like being cold. I don't like being too hot. I don't, like, I don't like some of these things that are like uncomfortable, you know? And I like, there's over here, like heal your nervous system. And you're like, no, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> but what I, what I discovered inside of those experiences, because we did this ice bath and we also did a Temescal ceremony, which is, um, which is a Mexican traditional, um, like sweat lodge basically. Mm -hmm. Um, and you gave me a couple of really good gems during this experience. And one of them was to, to be careful of what I say, because my body is listening. And um, it was such a wise thing to say to me. And what I realized in, you know, in that experience the whole time is that I made myself really comfortable. I've soothed myself intentionally because I've gone through something so traumatic. So to get from this deep, deep wells of the dark night of the soul and grief, I learned how to soothe my nervous system to a way where I am like feeling good in the world. However, I think I got a little too comfortable because I have all of this passion inside of me, one of which is the Bridge Midwives Project, which is like, I have people reaching out and sending messages and being like, hey, what's happening with the project? We're so excited. We can't wait. And, um, and that, that kind of, it's not that the passion isn't there. The passion and the inspiration is there. It's the kind of making myself sit down and do the quote unquote work, right? Mm -hmm. Because like you said, there's flow, right? There's divine inspiration, and then there's, you know, you have to meet the universe with actually rising to the occasion and doing the work as well. So it's both. It's not just one or the other. Um, and so those two experiences and and the walk back from the beach, it's a, it's a lovely little 10-minute walk down to the beach. And then it's like a 20-minute up the hill in the hot weather back. And, um, and so I was like, okay, girl, if you're going to accomplish what you want to accomplish in life, because I'm about to turn 52 in a few days, um, you get to the point in life where you're like, how much time do I actually have left to give my gifts fully? And so this, this experience really helped me remind myself that that time where I soothed myself and I was really comfortable was really important. And now what's being called of me is something different. And I'm going to have to be a little uncomfortable. I'm going to have to stretch. I'm going to have to push myself. And so um, the ice bath, what was magical about the ice bath is that you and I have a, um, a shared client. So she was in my care for her first birth, and then she was in your care for her second birth. Yeah, she was up and, for her first and then down in Orange County for her second. Yeah. And yeah. then um, she was at the retreat, and I was so excited to see her, and she kept talking about how it was great that both of her midwives were there. But she had a precipitous delivery when she was in my care and I didn't make it. And so I never got a chance to be there with her as she had uncomfortable moments and coach her and midwife her, right. Or doula her through that process. And so there was this beautiful 
opportunity that she and I got paired up together and did the ice bath together. Totally randomly, by the way. Totally randomly. And it, we, you know, one of the um, kind of distinctions that we talked about in, in the, in the retreat was closing the loop. And it's like the universe created this opportunity for she and I to close this loop and I got to be there and support her. Um, I just want to note to everyone that I was the loudest person in the (laughs) (laughs) And you were calling people out on their shit. Like there's people like chatting in the background and she was like, you need to be quiet. I am in an experience right now. And I was like, yes. Yes, that's exactly what I would do if I was back in an OR in an operating room with a cesarean and a mom said, you know, like, um, why is there people talking and this baby's being born? You know, like that's it's it's creating a sacred space. And everybody was kind of buzzing and excited. And you're like, no, pull it together, people. Like, this is, <laughs> this is my space right now. So it was so amazing to see the authoritative person that, you know, came through in that moment. It was great. Yeah, um, it, it definitely re- it reminded me of, of those moments when, when women talk about being in a cesarean and people are kind of just, you know, having their little day. They're just yeah. chatting and doing their thing. Um, so, but yeah, I'm, I'm not a quiet birther. I'm a very <laughs> loud birther. So. I thought it was going to be a quiet birther because whenever I'm in pain, <laughs> I kind of do get quiet. And in my <laughs> my labor, my VBAC, my home my home birth after my cesarean, I the, all the neighbors knew that I had my baby. <laughs> <laughs> you were roaring like I the lioness you are. Roaring, yes. <laughs> um, so that was my experience with with um, those ceremonies, and um, you know, just sacred just holy and sacred and those are the spaces that I just love to be in with people you know where you really get down to the nitty-gritty and we really are talking about things that have to do with our souls and what's really important to us and um, the facilitation of all of the things that you planned like you said we were really able to just kind of drop right into that so And I haven't asked your permission on this, so I hope it's okay to share this, but there was a, um, one of our circles that we were in, um, it was a holding circle and, you know, birth workers, people that work with women, um, tend to be the ones always doing the holding. And so this was an opportunity for us to pair up and be held and hold someone else. And, um, bliss had gifted me, uh, one of the most, beautiful songs I've ever heard in my life. And it was of Sky singing. What's the name of that song, actually? I know it's, I know it was a cover, but do you remember the actual name of it? Um, like I'm Gonna Lose You, I believe. Okay. So mm-hmm. it's this deep, meaningful song. And of course, that's what she picked because that that's her message. You know, like there was mm-hmm. a very short time span on, on her earthly body here. And that song just echoed so much of of who she is and who she will forever be. And um, I asked everybody that was at the retreat to send me their favorite songs and Bliss sent me this song and she said, use it as you feel appropriate. And I, I just didn't feel like I could just turn it on without giving a little bit of back history behind what it was and who was singing and, you know, and I looked over and another random, but never, nothing's random, um, right. was there was a attendee that was there with us, a sister that was there with us. And um, Sadie, she's lovely. She's, I think she's 26, maybe. Mm-hmm. And 
He resembles Sky to me, like not necessarily exact looks, but like her energy, her her flowy hair, like she just resembles Sky to me. And I was originally planning on playing this song when you were being held. And I looked over and I just said, oh, my God, she's holding Sky. And, mm-hmm. and I covered in goosebumps again. Mm-hmm. And um, that song came on and it was just so beautiful to sit yeah. and witness you be able to hold somebody that resembled her you know like Mm -hmm. like her earthly body is no longer here and in Mm -hmm. that moment at least for what it was to me um it just it was just that you had the opportunity to be in a space with no veil in between worlds Mm -hmm. and and sky's energy was just so much infused into that moment and um it was it was magical and it was healing and it was hard and it was you know, all the things that, that birth are for us, you know, we, we sit in that vulnerability and that's, that's something that we do so often and we're so comfortable with. And so many people aren't able to be in that vulnerability. So for us to create a sacred safe space where this was basically every time we sat in session together in deep vulnerability was just so incredible and so amazing. And I'm so grateful that I was able to witness that moment with you mm-hmm. with sky's oh, angelic voice just belting through the room it was just so mm-hmm. yeah what an honor to have her be part of the workshop and that moment was was quite special for sure for for definitely for both sadie and i and um it felt like there were some other people in the room who definitely had a really special experience with that so everybody in the room (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was pretty beautiful um so let's um let's digress for just a second and I um what I want to talk about in this moment that's calling to me because you're pointing to some things that you and I inherently do and instinctually do as Maybe women, but specifically, I think in our midwifery practice, when as midwives, um, that may not be the context that everybody holds midwifery inside of. But from my perspective, you know, when I was 19 years old, I got pregnant and I was a single woman at the time. And the way that you get information back then 30 years ago is that you would go to the library and you would check out books. And I found this book called Immaculate Deception by Suzanne Arms. And I devoured this book. Where did that come from? Where did this 19 year old girl get that kind of like all books to find Suzanne Arms. (laughs) Get this passion to learn about the history. I was blown away at the history of midwifery and obstetrics. And I really resonated with this, you know, who knows from a past life, or I don't know where this comes from, but it is so clearly deep inside of me, the, the concept of the, the wise woman, the village medicine woman that, you know, that's who midwives always were. It was the woman who had already had her children She had lived some life. She understood about the local herbs and how to utilize them, probably learned from her mother or grandmother. And then that tradition was passed down either to her children, her siblings, or to anyone else in the village who 
resonated with that and was interested and she would sit at her feet, which is the reason why we're calling the podcast at her feet. Um, and so I think it would be really great to hear like from you of, of where did this, I know a lot of times you'll talk about um, grandmother wisdom, like how did, because we went to the same school, yeah. we trained, we trained in the same way. Yeah. And I didn't get that from my school. No. And I had hoped that I would, um, but I didn't get any of this from school. It's, it's, it's from a soul place and then continuing to go out and seek these conversations and these opportunities to deepen my education. So for you, where does that, where does that connection to this grandmother wisdom, traditional midwifery, spiritual midwifery come from for you? So I think that this great grandma wisdom is something that there's always been um, very a very strong matriarch in my family system. Mm -hmm. uh, I was raised by my grandmother. She lived in our basement and it was always the, the head of the house was my grandmother, not my grandfather. And mind you, they were married and together, but that was that was who wore the pants in the family, so to speak. And I literally sat at the feet of my grandmother and massaged her bunions and <laughs> tell the stories. And I could mm -hmm. never, she wasn't a midwife and she wasn't, mm -hmm. you know, her birth stories in itself were horrendous and very much typical of what birth was in the 1950s. But it was the lineage, the Hungarian lineage that was passed down from her parents that immigrated over on a boat. And it was the stories that were told as we cooked together and it was the sense that came from you know the foods that we were cooking that deeply imprinted on my soul and from an early age I mean 11 year old Lindsay was defiant and asking questions and questions <laughs> every single thing that there was because mm -hmm. I never it never resonated within my soul I had a knowing I had that great grandmother wisdom that was just deep within my soul where I'm like mm, that's not right mm, mm -hmm. that doesn't feel right mm, that definitely isn't sitting right within my soul and as an 11 year old those things would get me into trouble because I would question my parents and question authority and I would I was standing out and and it wasn't in a disrespectful way it was just in a way that I questioned everything and so I feel like I kind of dove into this like good girl people pleasing place where I was like I don't know that's kind of scary to question everything and then finally with the birth of my children um you know I was a young mom as well I was 21 when I had my daughter and I wish I walked into a library and found Suzanne Arms Immaculate Deception but I did kind of find my way around like what birth should be like um unfortunately but fortunately because my experience is what really brought me to my knees and midwifery is my daughter's birth experience was the standard run of the mill induction C-section. Mm -hmm. And that's really when I stood back in my power and kind of went like, okay, no more am I going to be the good girl. Um, that was not okay. What happened to me was not okay. That is not how birth is supposed to be. And I really didn't even know why. I just mm -hmm. knew in my soul that was not the experience, the transformative experience, the portal that was supposed to open. That was not my experience. And so from that moment forward, I just devoured anything I could get my hands on that had to do with traditional women's health care, um, whatever that was in terms of, so, you know, 
supporting women throughout birth or through breastfeeding. Um, and I actually had a different experience in midwifery school. And I know it's funny because we went to the same school, but I was the cohort, I think one or two before you, mm -hmm. very, very small cohort. And, um, one of my teachers, um, I, I will always refer to her as one of my elder mentors and it, Marla Hicks. And I, I feel like I had mm -hmm. her and she's just this sweet little Mormon lady that um, has kind of popped around from Utah to California to Texas. And she has you know seven or eight kids. And she had these these stories of great grandma wisdom that I was able mm. to get out of her and it ignited me even more. And mm. I was searching and searching and searching. And um, I actually started births in the hospital as a doula. So I was a doula in the hospital first before I even dove into midwifery. And every single time I was in those situations at the hospital, again, in my bones, this is not right. This isn't helping women. All I'm doing is being accomplished to a crime in these situations. Mm -hmm. I can't do this anymore. And mm -hmm. so it, it, it just was this, you know, unquenchable thirst that kept me going and, and brought me to midwifery. And, um, you know, you, you learn midwifery through school and also through your preceptors. And so you have the ability to learn from multiple preceptors um, or, you know, stay with one and then kind of do your own, your own thing. And um, it was just a really interesting evolution of where I got to in my own midwifery path, but straight out the gates, like Lindsay was a traditional midwife. Like yeah. I, had, I had to learn how to navigate that system within, um, you know, I've been in the birth world for 20 years now and I've been brought to my knees by doctors abusing me in a hospital situation with transports. And um, that doesn't fly anymore. You know, that, that wouldn't be in a place, granted I'm, I'm older now and I take less shit from authority because I just feel like that's inappropriate and we're in this playing field together. And the ultimate goal that we have together is the safety of mom and baby. And if you're going to be at a hospital setting, then we're going to have the same values. And that's where the conversation ends in that moment. So um, mm -hmm. it's just, it's an interesting journey, right? Like we all, we all kind of wind and get to the space, but, but really the, the core value of, of us bringing back in this grandmother wisdom um, stems from those experiences I had as a child where I literally sat at my grandmother's feet and yeah, massaged her feet, I think, every, you know, every night or every other night and just listen to her stories. And it was, you know, just beautiful to have those memories that live inside of me. Yeah, I love that. Um, I didn't have that. I didn't have that kind of experience. But what I do see is similar, again, between your and my story is that, you know, I came from hippie, uh, hippie parents and my mom was very active like in the um now movement in the 70s i would march with her as a young girl and i also learned um to question authority to question not to just take things um face value and and i've always been very inquisitive as to like why are we doing what we're doing and not just you know even in school and stuff not just doing what was expected but to like be like hey <laughs> I'm here to learn so if you're reading out of a book to me I'm not really I might as well go home and take this book like those are the kind of things I would say to my teacher you know and like I'm I, I wanted more and I don't think I've ever 
stopped wanting more. Mm-hmm. And Marla was not teaching anymore when I was at Aww. the school. So, but I loved Marla. Anytime yeah. I had with her was very special. Yeah. And, um, and Nicole Morales is another one who, mm-hmm. you know, really spoke to me, who is from that same conversation of storytelling, mm-hmm. you know, and, and this is how we really learn things is through this oral tradition. And for I think for, this was all of time. We've always had yeah. this tradition passed down. You know, yeah. there, there was no, you know, we look at like ancient texts, like there's the Bible, of course, like there's, you know, we have these ancient recordings, but really and truthfully, all of this oral tradition that was documented was burned. It was burned. It's gone. But, you know, we, yeah. we, we have such little amounts of that other than what's been passed down from grandmother to granddaughter to daughter to, you know, it's, it's this whole lineage of storytelling, which is so beautiful. Yeah. And it is, it is becoming extinct. And in, in, you know, in the travels that I've had of recent going to India and Bali and Mexico and other places, starting to ask people about the midwives in the area and how are most of the people having their babies. And, you know, the Western medicine model has pretty much spread across the planet. Yeah, it's um, <clears throat> I mean, what yeah. has like a 95% C-section rate or something like that. Right. Right. And those of you may not, who may not know, statistically, we're not doing that well here. So we've modern medicine has taken over maternity. Most people are going to obstetricians for their care. Most people are going to the hospital because culturally we have this perception that it's safer. But when we really start to look at statistics, what we're finding is that it's, it's not better. It's not better. Yeah. And so there's this passion and this spiritual part of what you and I do that is in our bones. It's in our soul. It's like, it's the truth that we know is that this is our our bodies were designed to do this. And there's something really transformational and and deeply sacred that's available to people who are open to that. But we also know that medically, Mm -hmm. you know, left, left, without interference that the body really does know exactly what to do. It has a wisdom about it. Um, And so helping people understand that all of these interventions, all of these deviations away from the physiology and from the trust of, of what's happening, you know, mind, body, spirit is how we normally look at things. Right. So from the body perspective, even, even in that, midwives have a wisdom to be able to help this healthcare crisis, this maternal healthcare crisis. Um, and we're still not being listened to, which can be very frustrating <laughs> for us. And the World Health Organization recognizes that back in 2020, they were saying that there is an emergency situation with a shortage of midwives. And they really recognize midwifery to be the, you know, OG family physician. They're right. looking at villages and places that are almost, you know, inhabitable by car, bus or train. And they're seeing that if we did have a training system in place where we were able to 
get supplies to the midwifery community, that they would see a massive decrease in deaths, not just birth from childhood all the way to elder. And that's how it's always been throughout all of time. And so for the World Health Organization to recognize that is huge, in my opinion. So even the World Health Organization is recognizing that, you know, this midwife is healer, this midwife is OG family physician. They're saying that there's a shortage of 900,000 midwives globally. What they say is that midwives could meet 90% of the need for essential sexual, reproductive, maternal, newborn, and adolescent health interventions. Yeah. 90. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and I know that we both traveled to Bali and stayed with uh, Ibu Robin Lim. And that was another thing. Like, you know, sitting at her feet, we both were able to sit and interview her. And, um, just seeing how much birth is even changed in places where it's harder to have that change. And, um, you know, there, there are, I'm going to use the word crusaders again, like Robin (laughs) that are really holding that light strong and steady for there to be a place for women to still come in and have that inherent trust within their bodies and have the inherent trust that care providers that, that, also trust their bodies and so that's where this is this is where we're coming from with bridge midwives like we're reaching out worldwide to all of these midwives that will give the oral tradition of midwifery and that will sit and give their experiences and you know record it for us one of the things that i mentioned to bliss that i i'm definitely going to continue doing these remembering retreats and i want to have different locations throughout the world and I want to seek out the town midwife and I want to um, have us go and sit in her home or her clinic or wherever she is and have her tell us stories. Um, and, and, you know, at the same time, we'll be able to record those stories and bring them into the library of bridge midwife. So those that aren't on the retreat in different places around the world can still gain knowledge and information from those stories that are being told. I love that. I think that's, I'm so excited about that. I wanted to, I wanted to talk for a moment about words and names because we're in a very interesting time in history where there's a lot of, um, kind of not being in agreement about words that represent different factions, right? Um, and so one of the things that there's some, there's not an agreement around is the word traditional midwife. Mm -hmm. So we're still feeling into a word that's going to really encompass exactly what it is that we're speaking about. That can be something that people agree upon because for some people, traditional midwifery has to do with, um, midwives that have come from cultures that have been around for a really long time um that don't use any medical you know medicine or equipment right that are really coming from the traditions of hands-on um working working with plants being healers being spiritual energetic work that kind of stuff um then there's this new term that's coming out called authentic midwifery (laughs) Um, there's spiritual midwifery, which also has some funny things because of, of some controversy with Ina May, yeah. you know, so, so there, the I, I, answer culture makes this difficult. Yeah. So what I'm asking 
is that people understand and hear the heart of what it is that we're talking about and know that the language that is going to be kind of formed around this project and around this movement, this crusade, um, is going to come in time. And we're not perfect. We're, we don't have all the answers, but we have a lot of questions and we have a lot of passion and we have, we want to devote our time and our energy into, um, capturing this wisdom because we don't want this to die out. Yeah. Um, so that's one of the things that we've centered way. Like I, I, I want to like emphasize that over and over again, because again, in this era of cancel culture, there's so much, you know, words are thrown so much now and it's, it, everybody gets so offended by so many things and it's like, okay, back up. Like <laughs> this is literally nothing but heart centered care for the, you know, improvement of a worldwide movement that will improve care for women and children and families, you know, on every continent. And that's where the the heart of this mission comes from. Yeah. And I, you know, it's about the, the health of the family. But for me, I feel like when a woman can embody this experience of the penultimate of her power, bringing her baby earthside, it transforms everything. It transforms who she is inside of her own body, how she leads her family, who she is in her community. And what we're doing is we're spitting out thousands and millions of women who have birth trauma, mm -hmm. who, are, who are not able to experience themselves in their power, who are outsourcing that power, who are disconnected from their intuition, who are disconnected from the plants that would heal her family and heal her body. Mm -hmm. So to me, the, the leadership, the guidance, the handholding down this path the remembering, which is one of the things I loved so much about what you called your retreat, you know, we're not saving these women, we're helping them remember who they are and, and what is already inside of them. And um, I do believe that that can transform this very, very sick planet that we're living on. I think it's one of the main things that will transform it if we allow it to, because yeah. if the, the ecosystem of mothers is dying, then the entire planet is dying. Our, right. our planet, Mother Earth, depends on how us mothers stand in our power and embody that transformation, because that is a God-given right that we have on this planet. That is one of the most important things that we can use to transform us throughout all of life experiences. There is yeah. no I would ever be the person that I am today without the experiences of my birth. Yes. Births, I should say. And babies. And our babies. How they mold us, right? Um, so do you mind briefly just kind of talking about why midwives are not mainstream anymore? Kind of what happened the hearse story, as you like to call it, which I really, I really loved, you know, we're not going to obviously be able to encompass everything that you, we're not going to be able to encompass everything that you spoke about. Um, people will have to come to your retreats to hear all of it. But just to give people a, a sense of, of what happened, why, why are we in this situation in the first place? 
I think it's a combination of many different things. And it's definitely something that I'm super passionate about because prior to 1900, 100% of births were at home. 100% of births were at home. Mm-hmm. By 1955, that's 55 years. If you think about in terms of the, you know, the, the timeline of evolution, 55 years is a blip in the human experience. There was only one percent of women that were giving birth at home and so what the hell happened in that 55 year period of time and if we really look back it dates back prior to the 1900s um in 1484 there was a book that was released by the catholic church that was commonly referred to as the witch's hammer it's it's a funny weird word it's um and i always butcher it malice malfurcurium Um, And basically what that book stated is that there was no greater enemy to the church than midwives. So think of the infiltration of demonizing somebody that had always been at the heart and center of the community. I always say that midwives are traditionally womb to tomb, right? We carry Mm -hmm. that family throughout their entire lifespan. So all of a sudden now all these womb to tomb healers, the the elders, the you know, wise women are now demonized. And not only demonized, but being burned throughout all of Europe. And so that, you know, infiltrates down into what we now call Western medicine or what was then physicians. Physicians were not anything other than trained by the church. And it wasn't anything that was medical speaking either. It was literally they would go with a Bible and hands-on heal these people. And I, and I believe in hands-on healing. So I'm not saying that that was bad, but it replaced an entire um, generation of what we always knew as healers. And so that infiltrated down as we started migrating across to North America and we started, you know, coming in on our ships and colonizing, uh, you know, Native American culture because I, Native American culture, I would love to deep dive more into what the traditions of midwifery are with a Native American culture. But it was alive and well. Like they were doing very well without the Westerners coming and settling here and bringing syphilis to everybody. And, um, you know, we, we at that time, slavery was a really big thing too. We were bringing across the ocean tons of slaves to come and be forced into labor here to colonize the United States. And so in those little pockets, we had these granny midwives that brought all of that wisdom with from Africa. And, um, you know, they were, they, they were doing the work. They were, they were slaves during the day and they were sneaking out of their master's houses at nights to go and be with, you know, rich white women and white women that would probably spit on them walking down the street, but then they sat with them in these vulnerable spaces. And so um, what what happened is there was actual campaigns that were put out in newspapers. Like, you know, we've come so far with technology now. You know, we have all these different sources and ways to get information. Back then it was just printed newspaper. And if you were lucky enough to get one in your hand, I mean, that was the only information you had. There was no confirming anything with Google. Um, (laughs) It was was literally like, oh God, these midwives are dangerous. And these midwives are dirty. And these Mm -hmm. midwives are, 
killing moms and babies and we mm -hmm. should go to these new fancy hospitals and so in mm -hmm. that at that time it was really a thing of wealth if you had the money to be able to go and give birth in a hospital then that kind of showed that you were part of this upcoming you know society and class and well the other thing too Lindsay, is that women historically were not allowed to learn in many places, they weren't allowed to read, they weren't allowed to write, they weren't, they weren't allowed to go to college, you know. Um, so that also took this oral tradition that was handed down where these midwives and healers and grandmothers showed us with their hands what the herbs looked like and how to make the food and what it felt like to be with somebody and how to touch them. And now we're being forced into learning in a way that maybe some some people don't even they didn't even have the ability to be able to read and that was illegal. So it was also this whole thing about pushing women to the side and and you know one of the things that you didn't mention that you did at um at the retreat was you know we were feared because we bled. Yeah. You know, we were we were believed to have some sort of like magic or evil because we bled without dying. So there was this whole misunderstanding about women as well and this fear of who we are and our power, right? And so a lot of this had to do with really Repressing. taking control. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I love the statistic and I want you to guess. Um, in 1972, I want you to guess the percentage of females that made up um, in, in medical schools. 1972. Uh, 71. Okay. So you were um, old. How many women? I would... I would say um, 2%. Oh, you, you guess low. It, it was 10%. <laughs> there was only 10% of the classes in medical school that were women. It was 90% male. Mm -hmm. And yeah. before 1900, it was 100% women that were providing this care. I mean, there was the, the doctors that were trained through the church. But, you know, traditionally, when people didn't have access to those, quote unquote, doctors, it was always midwives. It was always midwives. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's so fast that that happened. Like that's a yeah. really, that's that's like extinction in the blink of an eye and the snap of a finger. Yeah, no kidding. And now when you talk to someone, most people about birth, there's fear and there's this belief that it's medical and that it's dangerous and the safest place should be in the hospital. And if we look at that history, it, it is very, a very short amount of time and, and it becomes so fascinating to really start to get into the psychology of how did we allow our power to be usurped so deeply inside of this culture and, and what are the ways that we can start to support one another in bringing that back in, in taking that back. Those layers of oppression, you know, mm -hmm. and I could spend... I could talk about this for. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> uh, but it's it's just one of those things that just even just the slightest introduction to it just makes people wonder, like what? Like I don't think anybody really has the understanding unless their whole entire work is devoted to this, um, right? Of how deep and how much this penetrated the psyche of the, you know, the female lineage throughout all of time. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you so much for going over that. I love that. Anything else that you have on your agenda that you want to talk about today before we wrap up and talk about what's next with Bridge Midwives? 
So I think we've covered so much bliss. I mean, there's so much that we could talk about, but that's the point of this podcast is we're just going to continue to bring in this information and, and then go and have these stories that are told from all these incredible elder midwives. Um, I want to point everybody to two different websites. So um, our website is bridgemidwives.com. And then my website is therememberingco And um, we're already planning events for next year. Um, I am planning on a retreat in Portugal in July and um, a retreat in Costa Rica in October. Um, I know birth workers always need nine months in advance. So I'm putting it out there. Their <laughs> calendars. And then Bliss and I were talking about speaking at Burning Man next year <laughs> yep we're gonna see how that unfolds and manifests yeah that's gonna be a good time yeah but there's so much in the works and you know so much of the bridge midwives project and the remembering is just reconnecting us all back to that inherent power that we have within ourselves and um, being able to sit at the feet of these magnificent women and not let this tradition become extinct Absolutely. So make sure that you go to um, Bridge Midwives and check out what the other aspects of this project are going to be. There is a link there for you to enter your information if you would like to participate in. Um, we're going to be having um, circles with women and retreats and all kinds of ways that you can join the community. So make sure that put, put your information in there. And this project cannot live without donations um, because in order to do the traveling and recording and editing and all of the things that we need to do to, to capture this information, um, we're going to need your support. So make sure that you go on and, and any little bit can help and pass it on to other people who you think also feel passionate about capturing and keeping traditional midwifery alive. So so great to see you, Linz. Yay, we did it. We did it. Our first one. It. I'm covered in goosebumps again. I love it so much. So I want to close our circle together by taking another collective breath and inviting this gift that we have of, of this sacred breath back into our body. The intention of it is it moves through our nose all the way down into our lungs. And just feeling your heart so open in this purpose and this message that we can bring to all, all of the world. And just letting everybody that's listening right now feeling so much a part of this connection. You listen to this podcast for a reason. Something ignited in your soul for a reason. And I'm going to end with a Mexican proverb because that's where we both stood together for the last time a couple weeks ago. They tried to bury us, but what they didn't know is that we were seeds. Mm, I love that, and I love you. I love you. Thank you, sister. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. And if you loved this episode, um, please make sure and share it with those you love, and we will see you very soon. Thanks for listening to the Birthing Instincts podcast. We know that we all lead busy lives, so we are extremely grateful that you give us an hour of your time each week. If you enjoyed this episode, please share. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast for the latest updates and reviews. To help others join us, you can find Dr. Stu at Birthing Instincts and Bliss at Birthing Bliss Midwifery on Instagram. 